2016's Zoolander 2. Woo! This is a part of our made me, or not made me cry. I was gonna say made me <laughs> laugh, and I'm like, oh wait, no, it's made me cry. It's just, it's it's just, just, it's just our comedy month. It's just, it was just part of our comedy month. Anyway, comedy's in July. So, Zoolander 2. Posted in August. Posted in August. July, August. Calendars. Anyway, go on. <laughs> I literally just smoked. How am I high? Do you hear yourself? I feel like I feel like whenever you I do just like making you laugh. I just feel like whenever you do get like to prepare your high, you kind of like do things around the house to like get there. Is that true? Perhaps. Sorry for that. That was my water bottle. I it's forgot that. It's gonna get edited out anyway, which is so annoying. Use a straw. Oh, I'll, I'll get a straw. Go get one now. Okay. Well, you got to keep doing the intro. The intro's done. You did it. That was it. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow <laughs> us on at Puff Pass Podcast on Twitter. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. Sarah. Yes. Do you remember this movie? No. You don't remember this movie? I'm, I didn't see it until... I mean, but everyone watched. does Zoolander. I mean, the first time I ever watched Zoolander was with you, and that was, like, probably a year or two ago. It was, like, actually, like, a year ago. I think we watched this... Uh, no, I think it was earlier this year. Was it? Yeah, it was earlier this year. We were still at our old place, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like last year, you know? Because yeah. we had already started the podcast, and I was like, oh, we should have done this movie for like Made Me, or other whatever the Made Me Cry me. <laughs> made, 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 made Me Laugh uh, July. Made Me Laugh. Just comedies in July, Christian. Don't be weird about it. <laughs> You're lucky, y'all, y'all are lucky we didn't do a Christmas in July, but. I wanted to do a Halloween in July, but I was like, no, that's stupid. It, it is stupid, I yeah. I thought we got pregnant. <laughs> Oof. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so, I'll let you guess who directed this movie. The same person who directed the first one? Yeah, and I'll let you guess who starred in this movie. <laughs> the same person who directed the first one? None other than Ben Stiller, host of the museum security desk from that from that at the museum. Host of? <laughs> he hosts that desk. Did you not see hear him on the mic? He's like, hello, hello, hello. Would you do that? Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be so much fun, dude. <laughs> like, if I wasn't with you and, yeah. I, and like, we weren't together, I'd totally do that. If we were having a baby? Well, if more like if I... Well, because I'd miss you. <laughs> but I mean, like, if I wasn't with you yeah. or at all, at all or yeah. with anybody, I'd do that. Heck yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, did you see on Twitter how much he was getting paid? For what? That movie? Yeah. How much? Like $11.29. In, like, residuals or, like... Like, um, an hour. <laughs> anyway, uh, he was also in Madagascar, Night at the Museum, and Dodgeball. Who do you play in Dodgeball? He played that guy with the mustache. Yeah. He, like, inflated his dick Yeah. while eating pizza. <laughs> uh, this movie also stars Owen Wilson from Cars, Woo. Marry Me, which was a great movie, by the way. Like, it was actually really good. It was alright. It was good. I liked it. It was I funny. It was funny. It like, was fun. I'll say that. It was fun. It was fun. It was funny. It was a so, classic don't be so romance. Uptight. I'm not being uptight. I'm just saying. It was, it a, was nice, a classic romance. It was a good romance. It has, it has Owen Wilson in it. Just say I know. It, but it, it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was supposed to be a... <laughs> Do you think <Wow>. Jennifer... <laughs> Do you think Jennifer Lopez is picking some white man in the middle of her crowded... <laughs> you really want to ask that question? <laughs> 
You really want to ask that question? She is married to Ben Affleck, did she not? <laughs> yeah. She's like, you. Benifer is back, baby. <laughs> also, Loki. Sahara, what was the budget for this movie? I can't remember. It was $50 million. Mm-hmm. How much did this movie make? I think it went over. How much? I don't know. Fifty-six million. Ooh. It made fifty-six million. It didn't go over fifty-six million. <laughs> uh, anyway, so uh, the announcement for this movie—did you know this? It came from a fashion show where Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson like walked down the runway in character. Okay, so I saw that on TikTok. Yeah. And but I didn't know what it was for, so I was like, okay, whatever. Whatever. Because Zoolander was a little bit before our time so when I watched it for the first time like yeah it was goofy and stupid but a lot of the references that were being made like we didn't really get them yeah so we were like this was very much a uh, our parents took us to this movie mm. (laughs) your parents let you watch stuff like that Uh, yeah like Ben Stiller like level comedy was funny to them I guess. That's really surprising. Like, bro, dude, I remember me and my family went and saw Night in the Museum like three times. Okay, but that's like a family movie. I'm talking about Zoolander, though. Zoolander is a family movie. Zoolander is not a family movie. I'll I'll be the judge of that. In this (laughs) podcast, where we dissect the uh, themes and elements of Zoolander, directed and starring Ben Stiller. Me with my dissertation. Is Zoolander a family film? Is Zoolander a family film? What is a family film in America? Uh, an analysis of Zoolander too. So, do you think this is a successful film, or a successful sequel? I mean, uh, honestly, I think it pulls it off. Yeah, I mean, like to me, it's not as good as the first one. The first one was Chef's Kiss. Really? Yeah, but this movie was—it was still good. That's good. I'm glad you liked it. One look. One look. I don't think so. <laughs> and then Owen Wilson's just like, there it is. <laughs> so. No, 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 because the rest is for the end. No, no, there's one more. Did you oh, listen? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me see. Let me see. It literally says end right there, and then above that is one more note. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did you know this movie was also called Two was almost called Two Lander. That show would have been so stupid if I would they have did. loved it. Uh, they should have. Oh no, God. they should they not. <laughs> it would have been perfect. Two Lander? Two Lander. <laughs> like, two. It reminds me of when he's like, I've decided to call myself. What? When he's like, I can't remember what he says, but he's like... Where <laughs> he, like, changes his name, but he switches the... Uh, syllables before he goes. Zarek Doolander. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I was like, oh my fucking god. No, it was great. Alright, so do you want to get into it, Ben? I am so ready to get into it. So, we start the scene... No, you gotta say Zoolander 2. Oh my god. Zoolander 2. <laughs> so, we start the scene, there's a, a hooded figure, like, just booking it. Like, he's hauling ass, bro. Mm-hmm. And... Which is such a bold departure from that. Like, yeah, like, why am I watching Mission Impossible? <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> and so, uh, this sort of figure is, like, getting shot at by these two people on motorcycles, or maybe a Vespa, who knows. And, but we find out that we are in Rome, like, mm-hmm. t- like not title card, but, like, location card, whatever. Yeah, they do it in, like, the buildings, and I was like, hmm, this is a little, uh, sophisticated. This is a little too good for <laughs> I literally. Too. I see where the budget was. <laughs> 
So this breaded hooded figure is like doing some parkour while still getting shot at, and uh, <laughs> and they even have time to like sprint over cars and do like backflips against walls while being chased. Mm-hmm. And we see the hooded figure like run up the wall in slow mo and also breaks the neck of one of the people chasing him. And the the guy just like lands like the the run the guy's running lands like superhero like on his knee style mm-hmm. you know and he, they unhood himself. Sahara, guess who this is. I mean, you also saw, but, like, for the audience, guess who this is? It's Justin Bieber. It's Justin Bieber. And you're just like, okay. And so... (laughs) So Justin is getting, like, chased by these motorists. Like, they're chasing and shooting at him. And he makes it to the door of this, like, church or whatever. And it, it... Actually, it was. It ends up not being a church. It, it's Sting's house. I didn't like, say it was a church. Well, it, but, said well it's I know, but it looks like a church. It's Sting from uh, fuck, what band was he in? The Police. I the Police. Wrote yeah. It down. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> it's literally right there. Oh, I thought you wrote like something, something the Police. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Sting from from the Police. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that tells my age. I forgot what band Sting was in. Uh, and he's like, Sting, open he it. He has stopped. Justin Bieber has stopped running and is banging on the door that Sting is clearly not opening, and he just like kind of like. Stops running. He's like, Sting, where are you now that I need you? Literally, literally, he backs himself into like a corner. Idiot. And I'm just like, why would you stop running? Yeah, and so he, by the way, he clearly could have, it's a fence. He backs himself into a corner fence. He could have climbed that. No, for real. And so, but he just stands there. And the motorist, like, just pulls out a gun to kill him, and he just said, and he just says, you can't kill all of us. We will protect the chosen one. And what do you mean by that? Bieber fever? No, no, not that. No, uh, I mean, like, Justin, what did you mean by that? Oh, my God. And so he gets, like, shot at, and they're just, like, continuing to shoot him, whatever. And I just want to point out, if I had a nickel for every time I saw Justin Bieber get shot like this in media... I'd have two nickels, which isn't a lot, but it's weird that it happened twice. So this scene lasts for quite a while. The other this time was uh, Criminal Minds, by the way. It was not Criminal Minds. It was like CSI. CSI, whatever. And I only know that because I was like, Justin Bieber. I had Bieber fever, you guys. Oh, yeah. She was a mess. You probably bought the DVD of his movie, huh? I went and go... I bought a ticket, Christian, to go see that movie. Also, he announced it at the concert. I went to a Justin Bieber concert. He announced it. He's like, here's the trailer for my new movie, guys. And I was like, what? Oh, this is just a documentary. <laughs> Written, directed, and produced by Scooter Braun. <laughs> Oof. No, but like, okay. And then like, he's like him getting shot at is in slow-mo. And like this dramatic just music. Just like CSI. Oh my god. This dramatic music is like playing and it's like giving like Ave Maria, like Da Vinci Code. Ave and you're just watching Maria. Justin Bieber get shot at. And so... The gunman, like, just empties his clip into Justin, and finally, like, it ends, and he drives away, and we just see Justin on the ground, and with his final breath, his final breath, air quotes, uh, (laughs) he pulls out his phone, and he, like, takes a selfie, but with, like, duck face, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, and he's, like, taking his sweet time picking a filter, and he just says, peace out, world, before posting it, and then just dies. (laughs) And so, next we see Justin's post on Instagram, and some guy has seen it, and he shows Valentina, played by Penelope Cruz, who, uh, is, who's informed that Justin died 13 minutes ago. And Valentina tells us that he's the sixth pop star to die in the last year. Yeah, and then there's, like, a bunch of uh, other, like, celebrities that pop up. So it's Madonna, Demi Lovato, Usher. And I can't remember who the last one was. 
But those are the, the, the four I remember. But Usher? <laughs> I know, literally. <laughs> when I saw Danny Lovato and I was like, mm, that tracks. <laughs> Does that mean to say? <laughs> so Valentina starts piecing together that all the pop stars have posted their last post with the same look. And Valentina is like, there's only one person on earth who would know how to inter- interpret this look. The man who informed her of this information tells her that it will only lead to a dead end because no one has seen the man in years. Like if T.I. took your role, I'd be like, hey, that's T.I. But Usher? Oh my god. They then pull up a photo of Zoolander, played by Ben Stiller, as we go into like a James Bond-esque type of opening, as we see a newscaster describe a horrific scene at the center of kids who don't read good and who want to learn to do other stuff <laughs> good, too. You want to <laughs> start that over? <laughs> so, uh, the newscaster describes a horrific scene at... The center of kids who don't read good and who want to learn to do other stuff good, too, collapses into the East River two days after it opens in 2001. Yeah, it's kind of sad that, like, it's destroyed now, though. And his wife died in there. (laughs) Which they keep reminding us, bro. And also, uh... I'm like, I get it. Matilda's dead. And also, also, whatever, go on. Never mind. So, Matilda did get crushed by the book that was on top of the building, and I said that that's the ultimate journalist death. <laughs> Hate to see it. And so, we learn that you know, that she died too, but we also find that uh, Hansel, played by Owen Wilson, also sustained injuries during the whole ordeal to his face. And now, and we find out later, he's like, I can't go back into modeling anymore, I've been disfigured. But anyway, so we learn that the reason for this happening is because Zoolander built the building out of the same material as like the model building. <laughs> And so, in the year two, back, so fast forward two years, 2003, we learned that clothing designer Jacob Moogberg was sentenced to two consecutive life terms in a maximum security fashion prison for trying to murder the Malaysian prime minister. If you don't get that, don't worry, we don't get it either. It was in the first movie, but it's such a... What? Don't worry about it. Go watch the first one. Duh. Well, now I feel compelled to give context. So basically, (laughs) he killed him because the Malaysian prime minister wanted to shut down the sweatshops where he made his his, uh, clothing. It doesn't matter. Watch the first one. You wouldn't click on Zoolander 2 if you didn't see the first Zoolander. Duh. I would. Oh my god. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh my god. Anyway, and so... His co-conspirator, modeling agent Mari Ballstein, turned into a state's witness in exchange for relocation in the Witness Protection Program. We then jump to 2006, where the news tells us that former model and now unfit parent Zoolander or Derek Zoolander was caught yelling at his kid for not making spaghetti right because they both and it like cuts to the camera and they both like can't figure out how to make the noodles soft. Okay, so He's like, I how did your thought, mother make it? I thought that's why they took Derek Jr. away. But it's because Derek Jr. has, like, a knife and he's messing with the toaster. And his dad's, like, screaming at him. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> so we then t- jumped to 2000. Uh, oh, we learned that his son, De- uh, Derek Zoolander Jr., was taken into custody by the state. And we jumped to 2009 and see Zoolander holding a press conference telling everyone he is retiring from modeling. What? And will now live as a hermit crab and be known as Eric Toolander. There you go. Toolander. Thank you. So they did it. We jumped to 2016, and we see Matt uh, Matt Lauer. Thanks. He's spelled Lauer wrong. I don't care. I, had, I was like, Matt Lauer. <laughs> Matt Lauer. Ugh. 
as he announces that uh, kids don't know what a fax machine is uh, or name a Caucasian pres- uh, president. <laughs> Which... <laughs> what you mean by that? Truth. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> you know, uh, or who, or even who Derek Zoolander was. You know, basically, it's like, kids are so out of touch. They, don't, they can't work a fax machine. They can't name a white president. They don't even know who Derek Zoolander is. Would you know who Derek Zoolander was? Well, I think it's really uh, interesting how, like, with the first film, they're kind of making fun of modeling. But I feel like back in 2016, we didn't really care. Like, I'm like, okay, so-and-so's a VS model. I'd be like, okay. Did you hear about the Hadid's uh, sister? Oh, the walking corpse? It's like their half sister, and she's like, she's scary looking. She's though. A, that's a fucking dementor. That is not a person. She's a <laughs> dude. That family, like, they obviously locked up the refrigerator. <laughs> Bro, I'm not even joking, dude. Like, there is this one scene. Y'all lost. Y'all lost eating. Dude, dude. So, uh, I think Gigi Hadid wanted to get cake, and she's like, she's like, Gigi, that's too much, and it's just like a square of a cake. And she's like, okay, relax, mom. You you have a piece. And she's like, okay, but take the frosting off. And I'm like, oh my god, you get you get one life. You get one life. Do you really want to waste it giving mm-hmm. your children a fucking eating disorder? Like she clearly has one herself. Yeah. You know? And I'm just like, that is so fucking crazy. Eat the damn cake. Eat the okay? Cake. It is not gonna kill you, girl. Also, another thing. Oh, sorry to go off topic, but like the one thing that really pisses me off is that like have you heard that Kim Kardashian like went into like this thing and it caught I think some sort of cancer like pretty early on. Like, oh yeah, well, she just, she just went yeah, in for a scan like yeah. Test. Oh my god, that pisses me the fuck off, and I'm just like, hmm. We can't afford this. No, for real, and I'm like, what are you trying to say, Kim Kardashian? Because like. This doesn't make me relate to you. This doesn't make me like you. Mm-hmm. I you you are so the rest of us are so untouched by everything. Like it's just the fact that like she can just go and do that while everyone like we're literally fighting insurance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just so like people are dying. And it's just like you can go in and be like, okay, cancer's gone. Mm-hmm. We caught the cancer way before it could call itself cancer. And I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> and it just makes me so angry. Like, oh my goodness. And then, like, I really hate when, like, uh, people on Twitter are like, well, it's not Kim Kardashian's so, fault. Eh. And I'm eh. like, Meh. I'm like, okay, go lick her feet then. Like, okay? like, like look, it's not her <laughs> fault, but it's also like, why do rich people have this luxury? No, for real. <laughs> yeah. It just makes me want to, uh, you know, grab the guillotine, you know? Grab the guillotine. Like, it's time. So, next we see, we cut to these, like, mountains or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, actually, no. We finally get a title card, by the way. Zoolander 2. But what do you think of that entire opening? Christian? It was wild. Um, Kind of jumped around a bit there, but uh, I respected it. Well, I think it, it does a pretty good job of, like, I leading us it. up to what has happened, you know? Yeah, we saw Justin Bieber die. <laughs> so... Next, we cut to these, like, extreme mountains. It's snowing. There's, like, a blizzard. And it just says northern New Jersey, by the way, which I thought was really funny. Like, also, um, that's supposed to imply that's what's across the river or, like, across the Hudson, you know? I don't, I don't get why people make fun of New Jersey. I don't understand. Like, I, I, the Jersey Shore. So? You said I love we don't got people like that, like, down the street, bro. Really? <laughs> Not we live by no. bars. <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, not saying here talking about the homeless. What's wrong? I'm not talking about the homeless. Oh my god. Like, what's wrong with you? 
hater. I'm talking about the bars that we live by. Anyway, and so we see that Zoolander has been living out his hermit crab dream. He's been living in a cabin in the woods in far northern New Jersey. And so uh, as he makes himself a warm cup of tea, he reflects while looking at a picture of the family he lost. We see that someone has come a-knocking and asking for Zoolander, and he tells the stranger that he is lost because no one goes by that name anymore. Turns out it's just the mailman who has their mail, but when Zoolander goes to the door, it's just Billy Zane! What? (laughs) So Zoolander asks where his regular mailman is, and Zane's like, I got your mail, plus I was in the neighborhood. So we see Zoolander check his mail. We see how old the movie is as he goes through his... Because he got Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. He got Netflix. He got, like, the DVD. You can still do that, by the way. Actually? Yeah. My family did it a few times the past years. What? I mean, because not, not Netflix won't have every movie, but you can still order like the DVDs. So we should do that. Just don't bring them back. <laughs> These are mine now. <laughs> Thank you. Cancels Netflix subscription. <laughs> <laughs> Orders every movie. Cancels Netflix. Doesn't return the DVDs. <laughs> Oh my god. So we see... Uh, we just lost our Netflix sponsor. So we see that Zoolander's gotten... He's checking his movies that he got. He's like, Jack Ryan. Ooh, and Jack Reacher. Tonight's gonna be a jack-off. Oh my god. You didn't like that? You're, I mean, I thought those two movies were the same thing, so... You're just a hater. So Zane tells him that, oh, you also have another thing in the mail, and it's like this small box. And he opens it. And it's like this weird-looking, like, device, but it turns out to be like a hologram projector of... Alexanya Atos, who is apparently the owner of the biggest fashion empire in the world right now. So, she says, oh, like, you know, uh, because you're one of the biggest fashion icons, I need you to come to Rome, like, talking to Zoolander, to model in my naughtiest collection by my hottest designer, Don Atari. And I just want to point out, I don't know, like, like, when I heard his name, I was like, oh, Atari, like, the video game system, and I was like, People do really do that nowadays, huh? They just name themselves after, like, older stuff. And oh, like, retro stuff? Yeah. That's very much his personality. Yeah. And so Zoolander, he's like, I can't. But Zane's like, oh, you know, man, you gotta go. It's a really big opportunity. And Zoolander's like, I used to be a model slash fashion icon. Now I'm just a model slash failure. <laughs> and you laughed, like, really hard at that. That's stupid. You liked it. <laughs> and so Zane tells him that, you know, you're still the guy that is the model father. No slash father. Or that is a model slash father. And Zoolander argues that uh, I'm also the, uh, the sla- model slash guy that killed my wife, you know? And so Zane tells him that he's the model slash guy and he needs to stop beating himself up about that. And so... Zoolander and him, they argue a bit more. He's like, I am the Slash guy that couldn't make spaghetti soft, so they took his son away, so Slash, now he's alone, hiding from the world. And so Zane asks Zoolander, uh, have, you, have you ever Slash tried to get your son back, you know? And Zoolander's like, you can do that? <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah. Christian! And Zane is like, of course you can, but you have to take this job that Atos is offering, and that way you can prove to Child Protective Services that you're a productive member of society again. And so Zane tells him to go to Rome, find himself, and become the father that he was meant to be, and get his boy back. And Zoolander's like, alright, goodbye, Zane. And he's like, he puts on his, like, winter coat mm-hmm. or whatever, and, and all his, like, heavy pack, and he's mm-hmm. like, alright, goodbye, I'll see you. And he, it looks like he's gonna walk off, and then he just, like, gets in an Uber. <laughs> And so next we see that we're in uncharted territory, but we're pretty sure it's the Sahara Desert. I know those dunes anywhere. Yeah, you would pick up from here? Okay. 
We then see Hansel doing like this impossible yoga move. And if you ever seen the mu- mummy, like he calls out to his like falcon in that way. You know what I mean? Where he like Bye, Xerxes. <laughs> That's a, that's what I thought of. Really? Anytime I see falcons, like remember when we went on a walk a few weeks ago and we saw that like hawk? Yeah. Fly, Xerxes. <laughs> oh my god. So the falcon like lands in his hand and he gets a message and it just says, You're late and he's like, Well, looks like the old ball and chain is angry and I'm like, Oh. So we see Hansel make it home and he apologizes for being late to a group that he's with as they are all seriously mad at him. And this group is made up of men and women of all different shapes and sizes. And one of the women says that dinner is ruined because of him. Literally. And Hansel explains that he's told them not to wait wait up for him. And we learn that he has been with this group of people for two whole years. And it, at first it was just a bunch of orgies and he wishes to go back to that. We then see Kiefer Sutherland, who is a part of this group, as he tells Hansel that every relationship must evolve, but yet his love stays the same. But he still tells him that change is coming, whether he likes it or not, as he learns that he's going to be the father, because one of the women pulls out a pregnancy test. When Hansel looks at the group, they all show him that they have a positive pregnancy test, even Kiefer. Kiefer Sutherland. (laughs) Hansel asks how this is possible, and Kiefer tells him that they all thought he would be happy, but Hansel confesses that this is a lot to process. Hansel, feeling overwhelmed, runs away from the group screaming, asking who he is, as we see Billy Zane making a second appearance, carrying his Netflix for him, as well as the same box that Zoolander got from Atelas. Love that. Next scene, we're at an airport, and we see Hansel fighting with someone over his bag, and that someone is Zoolander. And can I just say that Ben Stiller looks really freaking hot in this scene? Mm-hmm. Like, it's giving Doctor Strange with that gray streak that he's got in there. I think he looks so fine. I said, ooh. So Hansel is still upset about the collapse from the Center for Children Who Want to Read Good, since it did ruin his face and career. Zoolander tries to reach out to him, but Hansel is understandably pissed and tells him that this is the last time they will see each other ever. And then we cut to them like riding that walkway, and you could just walk really fast on together. Good for him. Okay, so when we were in Utah (laughs) at the airport, there is this mom who bought her barely able walking baby onto one of these things, and like on the that walking oh thing. the moving sidewalk yes yeah. and the baby like fell over but it just kept rolling <laughs> you remember that that was funny as fuck I was like oh my god <laughs> I just keep rolling, rolling but he did rolling, rolling, I felt so bad so all of a sudden we see the paparazzi and both Zoolander and Hansel cover their faces ready to be bombarded with cameras but behind them comes Susan Boyle who <laughs> they're actually here for they're like Susan Susan over here and she like flips them off. She's like, get get this picture. Get the picture. So then Zoolander and Hansel get called over by what looks like a small boy, but it's actually just a real small body with Fred Armisen's face on it. And he's called Vip. And he tells them that he's in charge of the social media for Donatari. And explains that he's been working for him since he was 10. Zoolander's like, okay, well, how old are you now? And he's like, 11. So next, we see shots of Rome as well as the small car they are driving. And I honestly thought this was going to be longer and that this was going to be the joke, but I guess the movie isn't that predictable. That they were just driving over in Rome. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get (laughs) So we see Hanzo tells Zoolander that it seems strange that they're both back to revive their careers, and Zoolander's like, a gig's a gig, and he's only here to get his son back. Hanzo asks how modeling is going to do that for him, and Zoolander explains that 
child services will see what he's working again. Mm-hmm. So we know he means. Oh, oh, I think he says like uh, child services will see me <laughs> working again, and he and instead of saying AKA, he says KKK. <laughs> I'll get my son back. Literally. <laughs> This reminds Hansel of his own fatherhood status as he confesses to Zoolander that he didn't have a father growing up and that the topic is kind of his big issue. Zoolander's like, what? You didn't have you didn't have a father? And Hansel tells him that he, the only thing he knew about his dad is what his mom told him, that he was a beat cop and always on the road away from little Hansel. I was not expecting this movie to be about daddy issues. Whoa. What about you? No, I get you. I was like, whoa, we're going there, huh? It's getting a little too deep for me here. To be honest. So we then cut to Valentina getting informed that Zoolander is in Rome through the photograph that was taken of Susan Boyle flipping off the paps. What? Next, we see Hansel and Zoolander being escorted by Vip as they walk through the Palazzo da Caca, and that <laughs> it is a hotel that is completely biodegradable. And this hotel looks sketchy as hell. Like, think hostile. Like, that's what it looks like. Yeah, no, I get you. And Vip continues to tell him that it's made from reclaimed human waste. Vip then shows them the ultra-exclusive, fully toxic zero-footprint suite. <laughs> Vip then tells them that all masseuses at the spa are all homeless, as well as farm-to-table complimentary Wi-Fi. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> but I really love the commentary on, like, something being so pretentious and trying to be so unattainable that it's just, like, ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, definitely. So, Hansel is like, <laughs> wait... Derek and I are rooming together, and Vip's like, yeah. And Zoolander is there, is like, there must be some mistake. I'm calling Billy Zane. And he gets out, like, the tiniest, like, handheld cell phone. And Vip, and Vip is like, oh my gosh, a tiny phone, so retro. And he's like, I'm gonna take a picture of my phone. He just pulls out a fucking tablet. And even, yeah. <laughs> Zane obviously doesn't answer, but Vip reminds both Zoolander and Hansel that Atari's waiting for both of them down in the lobby. Before Vip leaves, he tells them not to drink the water or they'll die. So, I really wish we saw Vip again. I really enjoyed him. Honestly. <laughs> Miss Vip. <laughs> so, Zoolander and Hansel go back and forth trying to figure out what farm-to-table Wi-Fi is, and they both laugh, and Zoolander admits that he misses not knowing things with Hansel. Hansel agrees and thinks that they both should have done something like this sooner, but Zoolander tells him that they've both been in hiding since the day he killed his wife and permanently disfigured him. Mm-hmm. Hansel's like, yeah, that's that's probably why. Zoolander tells him that was the that was the day he lost his fire. And Hansel's like, what fire? And Zoolander is like, the fire in my face. And that's his big issue right now. Mm-hmm. Hansel tries to make Zoolander feel better about himself by reminding him that he still got that fire and that he even stopped a ninja star midair with just a look. And then we get a flashback of this moment. Yeah. And Zoolander tells Hansel that this is not him anymore. And Hansel's like, yes it is. And asks to do the face now. And Zoolander's, like, super against it. So Hansel tries to help him out by, like, throwing a TV remote at his face and tells him to do it now. And he does try, but the remote just ends up hitting him in the face. They both keep trying as Hansel keeps throwing things at his face. Mm -hmm. Zoolander tells him it's not working, and he stops as Hansel sits down, asking themselves what happened to them. Zoolander's like, you still have it, Hansel. And Hansel's like, no, not anymore, and that this face is a horror show. Zoolander tries to reassure Hansel by telling him his disfigurement can't be that bad and to take off his mask. Hansel's like super against this and tells him no one has ever seen him without the mask and no one ever will. 
Zoolander tells him that he knows the real Hansel and has nothing to do with the way that he looks. Hansel's like, really? And so Jerry's like, yeah, of course. So Hansel goes to take off his mask. Zoolander then freaks out and is like, oh my god, it's disgusting. Put take put put the mask back on. Ew. Yeah. And it's just like a tiny little blemish. No, for Like me. you barely even see it. It's the tiniest fucking scar. But honestly, it has the same like energy as Adventure Time where they're like, Mrs. Cow, take that bag off. And then she does, and they're like, ooh, put it back. <laughs> and put the bag off. Hey, yo, put that bag back on. <laughs> same energy, bro. So, Zoolander begs Hansel to put this mask back on, but Hansel's like, no, like this feels really good. Hansel's like, no, I'm done hiding. I found the clip. Oh, my God. Take that bag off your otter. You're a beautiful girl. You live in the forest, so why don't you just let it hang out? Yo, put that bag back on. It's so mean, bro. You, though. So Hanzo is like, no, I'm done hiding. And that the only way they're going to find themselves. And he's like, if he knows how. And he answers, oh, and he asks Zoolander if he knows how. And he answers by saying that they need to connect with their true selves. And Hanzo's like, no, I was going to say become the two hottest, biggest models in the world has ever seen. And Zoolander's like, okay. And Hanzo's like, all right. Let's get you cleaned up and shave that Billy Goat beard. Whoa. I actually really like the beard. So they both go downstairs and show those punks what real fashion is. So next we see Hanzo and Zoolander exit the elevator as we see a silhouette of the old Derek Zoolander's iconic hair. Love that. We see that they are wearing really expensive clothes and walking in slow-mo. And everybody's just kind of like, looks at them like, okay. And they kind of hop and shimmy into the room. So, we finally meet Donatari as he's super excited to meet both of them, but calls them old and retro for wearing what they have on. So old. And I'm pretty sure that that's Kyle Mooney, and I think he's still a writer on SNL? I can't remember. Don't quote me on that, but... Don't quote me on that. I, I, we've seen him. That's, that's where we know him best. So, Zoolander sees that Atari has a shirt of him that says, I'll call Billy Zane, and Zoolander's like, I just said that 15 minutes ago, and Atari's like... Yeah, dude, I know Vip told me and I made these virtual shirts with your catchphrases on them. And I thought to myself, is this a commentary on, like, fast fashion? Literally. Atari then tells him that he's going to introduce his posse <laughs> and that they're all losers and he hates these guys. But, like, in a frat boy, I'm just kind of playing kind of way. So we meet TRS-80, like the calculator. Mm-hmm. Kit, Rubric, his man Gleek. And he gives the best shitty tattoos. And I believe Gleek was part of Joe Jonas's band, like Cake by the Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. Good for him. Do you remember those homies were everywhere, bro? It was good though. Atari explains that his tattoos are so stupid that it's genius. And (laughs) And that he's the one that gave him his Colonel Sanders tattoo. And it's Colonel Sanders in, like, a Jedi robe, but it's in the fashion of, like, those shitty, like, gas station hoodies that everyone was wearing, like, four years ago to let you know that you were a stoner. Literally. (laughs) Look at us now. Well, I was saying, where's the beef with a lightsaber? And I just love how stupid and crafty it is, but I also think Christian would get a tattoo like this. Hater. Would you? (laughs) No. You're such a liar, bro. I wouldn't get something that stupid. Yes, you would. You'd be like, so you check this out. And I'd be like, mm. 
Atari admits that it's really dumb, but he also really loves it, and he got it when his grandfather died. Zoolander's like, that's really cool, so, uh, what's so, uh, the deal with the show? Hansel asks where the show will take place and lists all these fun, pretty tourist attraction places all over Rhone. And Atari laughs and tells them, no, no way. All those places are nar-nar boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you're going to refer to things from now on? As nar-nar boo-boo? <laughs> and that show will be at an abandoned medical waste facility on top of an industrial trash heap. And I said, I just know this homie got a scat fetish. Atari explains that it's totally toxic, but super chill. Zoolander says this sounds dope, and Hans is like, yeah, fresh. And Atari's like, oh, you guys are so old. Mm -hmm. Sounds fresh. Sounds dope. Because he's making fun of them. That's how I feel, though. Yeah. Do you know when you get those teachers that try to, like, relate to you, and you're like... Leave me alone. No, for real? (laughs) I understand you're trying to make the day go by faster, but please stop. <laughs> you're killing me, sir. Atari tells him that he doesn't like them, but he also switches up in the same sentence by telling them, like, it's an honor to have them here. So next, we see this abandoned trash heap as people struggle to make it hey, to their Hey, look who you're calling abandoned trash heap. And I honestly thought, like, where the story was going, I thought this show would be the end I thought that was the point. Yeah. So I was very surprised that we got to it so quickly. We see backstage, we see people with ridiculous costume on. Atari then comes over to Zoolander and Hansel to introduce his muse all, played by Benedict Cumberbatch, and he's the biggest supermodel right now. And honestly, I thought he looked really scary. Really scary. Hansel thinks that there's more to his name, and he asks all what, and all is like, <laughs> we are all all. <laughs> we are all all. Zoolander asks if he's a male model or a female model, and and all explains that he is not defined by binary constructs. And we love a non-binary moment. Hansel's like, that's cool. I don't like labels either. But explains to all that Zoolander is asking if they are a boy or a girl. All then tells them that they are just all to all. Mm-hmm. Atari then inf- informs them that all just married himself or herself. And that mon- mono marriage is finally legal in Italy. Hansel's like, I support that, and asks Zoolander what he thinks, and all just kind of stares at Zoolander, who doesn't say anything. Yeah. Atari then questions Zoolander if he's uncomfortable with all, and Zoolander's like, no, of course I am. Of course not. And Atari asks him, what if his son came up to him and was like, I want to marry all, wouldn't you be pretty stoked about it? And he's asking this while all is just continuing to stare at Zoolander, waiting for his answer. Yeah. And Zoolander's like, <laughs> uncomfortable with all staring at him not breaking eye, tom- eye contact is like yeah I'd be totally stoked all announces that all is done here and asks for Atari to follow him mm-hmm. we overhear that Alex Anya Ataz has arrived on the scene and the show must begin now Zoolander and Hansel pull back the curtain to take a look at her and she's wearing like this big purple like scrunch up thing with only like her head poking through is that a vagina joke <laughs> maybe hansel tells zoolander that she doesn't walk she floats as she's literally floating. i float she's just like <laughs> literally floating along while her posse walks behind oh her oh my god her what her posse is that a vagina joke oh my god we then cut to the show starting and we see skrillex is djing yeah the fucking, show. fucking skrillex by the way <laughs> do you remember skrillex I... oh we have to now 
We see that the theme of toxic waste is very heavy for this show. Hansel gets excited and tells Zoolander he can feel the juices flowing and that he wants to get out there so that they can just do their thing. Then both Hansel and Zoolander are put into like these magician-ass boxes and asked to lie down and take their robes off. So Hansel then yells to Zoolander and tells him that he's like, hey, I have a really good feeling about this. And Zoolander like agrees, you know, and he's like, I feel so alive. <laughs> and so then we see that the boxes are more like coffins. And it's and the coffins are like dropped like onto the uh, the runway, mm-hmm. and uh, it, uh, they pop out. And their outfits are like pretty simple compared to everyone else. They kind of look like jumpsuits, mm-hmm. and their uh, stick, their stickers say "Hello, I am lame and I am old." And they both get pushed out of their coffins and onto the floor, and the crowd like starts laughing at them. And we see that Joe Jones is in the crowd. Joe Jones. Joe Jonas. Sorry, <laughs> you you misspelled it, not me. That's exactly how it's spelled. Joe Jonas. Yes, that's exactly how it's spelled. J-O-N-A-S. Okay. Jonas. Okay. Like little Nas X. <laughs> Jonas X. Uh, anyway, also not with Sophie Turner. Ew. That's what's her name from Game of Thrones, right? Yes, Sasha. Christian. Yeah. Sa- Sasha. Not Sasha. I was on TikTok last night, and I kept getting a bunch of Game of Thrones clips, and I was Sansa. like... Sansa. I was like, damn, I should watch this again. <laughs> no, okay. <laughs> So, for reference, I've started watching the Castlevania anime on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. I've only told you that I was watching it or whatever. I started talking to people about it at work today, and I was like, oh yeah, it's pretty good, you know? I got home after I hang- hung out with you for lunch. I got home, opened TikTok. One, two, three Castlevania TikToks back <laughs> to fucking back. Oh my god. Uh, on my like on my feet. Stop listening to me. <laughs> Literally, like back to, we go away. Wow, to wow. Anyway, and so uh, the two figure out they're being made fun of, and Hansel tells Zoolander that his sticker says old, and Zoolander, Zoolander looks at Hansel and says, "And yours says Lame." <laughs> and we then see like uh, uh, all or whatever you know Benedict Cumberbatch's mm-hmm. character. He comes like swooping in on like a harness, like a dark angel, like he's dressed like a dark angel. I would just like to point out that this had Bonito vibes, and I feel like hardcore he would kill us from us all. Who's Bonito? Okay, I'm gonna show you. Because all I think of is that Family Guy skit. Do you feel Bonita? I feel Bonita. Great, because you look Bonita. Like Bonito Skinny? This homie? You know who this is. I don't. Oh my god! I don't. Like he does this all the time. I've never seen this person. He would kill this role. I've literally never seen this person before. Sorry. Okay, well you're about to see them a lot I don't want to see them. Okay. So Oz starts whipping them as they get closer to Zoolander and Hansel, which makes them walk the runway. Oz is able to get them to the end of the runway and then announce that they are done and then get lifted up as if they were never there. So Zoolander and Hansel get carried as they get prunes slash prune juice spilled all over them in a huge gigantic bucket. Everyone laughs and claps and both men look confused as well as hurt. Backstage we see them clean themselves off as Hansel tries to talk about what he thinks worked for them like shaking off some rust and that's uh, how he even tried out some new looks. Zoolander, who's understandably pissed, tells him that they're a laughing stick out there, but Hansel argues 
that he knows that they look like idiots, but he wanted to make the best of it. As the two start arguing, Atog makes an appearance. And it just occurred to me, as I was, like, watching this, like, part, I was like, that's fucking Christian Wig, bro. Mm Mm-hmm. So slowly she tells him that they are amazingly hot and that she wants to invite them to her, uh, be her guest at the most elite fashion event in history called The Incredible. And, like, she has an accent this entire time, and it's so fucking funny. And I wish I could do it. Atari, who's listening to all this, is, like, super excited to hear this for them. As Zoolander asks if this is, like, the Met Ball, and she laughs, and she's like, (laughs) (laughs) Me and Sarah, so, if you don't know, it's like she's laughing, but, like, it's just her teeth hitting her lips and no sound coming out. (laughs) And for, like, a solid week after we started watching this movie, I would just, like, look at Sarah like, (laughs) ha, ha, ha. Yeah. We'll, po- we'll post the gif of it later on Twitter or something, <laughs> so you know what we're talking about. She explains that for the first time in fashion history, all the most important desires will come together under one roof and trust that they will be there with their hot stemme faces. Stemme. That's what she says. Stemme. She tries to go while Tari is like, oh, that's so cool, you guys are going to be the center puzzle of the incredible. And Hans is like, yeah, but like, what does that mean? Atari speaks in slang, and I don't even know, as both Zoolander and Hansel look equally confused. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what he said. Who, Hansel? No, Atari. Atari? Because he's like... What did he say? I can't remember. I don't remember. It's so weird. Interesting. But anyway, he just walks away. And Zoolander's like, I'm done. And Hansel's like, did you not hear all that? We're going to be the center of Incredible. What? Zoolander only cares about what child services thinks and still hopes he can get little Derek back. And Hansel's like, what about all the attention? And Zoolander disagrees because he only did this to get his son. Zoolander tries to bring Hansel back to reality by telling him that they don't fit on the model scene anymore. That people like Atari and all and creepy little Vip and he wants no part of it. Zoolander then storms out and Hansel tries to chase him when they both get stopped by a person on a motorcycle and a tight red leather suit. It oh, turns yeah. out to be Valentina. And it reminds me of when Velma was dressed in that orange shoot, suit and she was like, oh, who's your mommy? To, like, Chris Griffin. So. Velma. Velma, yeah. From Scooby-Doo? Yeah, in the second filmy. To Chris Griffin? Like, from Family Guy? Yeah. It's Seth Green that she's saying that to Oh, me. oh, duh. I was like, what? She's like, who's she's your like, what kind of crossover mommy? are you talking about? She's no, like, but I who's remember. your mommy? That's what she said. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I like that scene. I bet you fucking did, bitch. I bet you shut up. <laughs> You're so mean to me. How am I mean to you? Do you not hear yourself? Anyway, she introduces herself as the fashion police, and Hansel's like, we don't got anything on, so go harass someone else. And Zoolander's like, yeah, I'm all out of fashion. But Valentina explains that she needs his help trying to figure out why all these celebrities are dying. Zoolander's like, well, part of this is not my problem, did you not understand? And Valentina's like, none of it. And he looks so confused and asks her if she did understand the part about it not being his problem, or she didn't understand. Hansel then chimes in and explains that Valentina did understand what he was saying, but she does not accept it. 
Zoolander, in frustration, tells them that this is all so confusing and he only came here to find himself and his son, and that this is a way more than he bargained for, and that this hermit crab is crawling back into his planetarium. Zoolander starts to walk away, but Valentina stops him by saying she can find his son by using a database, but only if he agrees to help her. Yar. This stops Zoolander, but Hansel is able to convince him because he thinks they should play ball with her, not only because of the database, but because she's also hot, so that makes her trustworthy. So all three pull up to Valentina's store to get <laughs> to get to Valentina's super top secret high-tech fashion headquarters as she explains that before Bieber died, he tweet-picked this look. But he didn't tweet it. He sent it to Instagram. Yeah. So I don't understand. I don't get it either. Valentina concludes that he was trying to send a message, but she doesn't know what that message is, and asks Zoolander if Bieber's look is blue steel. So both Zoolander and Hansel laugh at her and call her a fucking idiot. I'm like, oh my god. I know, very weird. So Zoolander corrects her and says this look isn't blue steel, but it's an old look from the 90s from a body lotion campaign he did. And it's called Aqua Vitae. Aqua Vitae. So they play the commercial, and it has Naomi Campbell milking a half cow, half man of Zoolander. It's very weird, retro, and stemmy. Valentina's assistant comments that the commercial still holds up, as Zoolander points out the curvature of his eyebrows and that it does not match the blue still look. Mm-hmm. Valentina apologized to Zoolander since she has no idea how much subtlety was involved in this look, and she would never jump to conclusion. And she should have never jumped to conclusion as they stare deep into each other's eyes. Breaking this weird trance that you have, Valentina instructs her insistent to find everything they can about Aqua Vitae. Zoolander's like, hey, a deal's a deal, and you promised to help me find my son. And Valentina's like, okay, have you it's tried true, Facebook? I what? I said it's true, I did promise. Oh my god. Valentina asks if he's ever tried Facebook. Zoolander's like, no, Matilda's Facebooked and it killed her. Valentina, hearing all this, Finds Zoolander's son in like two seconds. You tell him that he's at an orphanage here in Rome. Hansel's like, wow, that's so convenient. And Valentina's like, yeah, too convenient. And that someone wants them here. She warns them to be careful at the orphanage and to trust no one at the house of Ataz. So next, we see Zoolander and Hansel pull up to the orphanage. And Zoolander thanks, thanks Hansel for coming with him since he's so nervous. And Hansel confronts him by saying that everything is going to be great. Because he showed up, and that's all that matters. So while looking at the children playing a soccer game, one child catches Zoolander's eye, as he has the same haircut as him, and thinks that must be his son, and even does the face, and Zoolander is, like, so proud. So as another kid comes to catch the ball, Zoolander asks for that kid if he thinks that's his son's name. Or asks if that's his son, and asks if that's what's his name, and he says, oh, that's Fabricio. And Zoolander's like, oh, really? Well, he used to be called Derek Jr. Yeah. And the kid's like, oh, well, that's weird because that's my name. And Zoolander's like, uh... <laughs> and it's like this, like, uh, yeah. And so while talking to Zoolander, Fabrizio gets pissed at Derek Jr. for taking a long time. He, like, yells at him in Italian and then calls him Fatlander, which, damn. <laughs> also kind of funny. Uh, so Derek Jr. goes back to the game and Zoolander tells Hansel that he's like, oh, I'm ready to leave now. And Hansel's like, is confused. He's like, what, Why? And uh, Derek tells me, he's like, I can't do this. My son is fat. And Hansel's like, no, the chubby one is named Fatlander. That's what the kids called him. And Zoolander's like, yeah, they just switched the zoo part with fat. And then fat equals zoo. Fatlander. And Hansel asks him, and uh, he's like, oh, so just because your son's fat, that makes him a terrible person? And Zoolander's like, you're right. 
And Hansel's like, no, I'm asking if being fat makes you a bad person. And Zoolander is like, no, I'm agreeing with you that he thinks that his fat son might be a terrible person. Mm. What did you do if you heard someone say that? Excuse me? <laughs> and so Hansel's like, well, I don't know what to think, and tells Zoolander that it's best uh, he and Puddles talk it out. And I'm with, uh, I think I met Puddles. Puddles? Yeah. Who the fuck is Puddles? Like, go to, like, a nearby puddle and stare at your reflection. Oh! So Hansel's like, well, I don't know what to think, and tells Zoolander that, oh, it's best if you and Puddles talk it out, you know? And so we see Zoolander talk to his own reflection in a, in a fountain, hence Puddle, and he hears his name being whispered by Ghost Matilda. Love that we got to see her, by the Not way. Not for real. Who, who plays her? Oh, I've her name down. Whatever. And she tells him that, oh, you know, I'm sorry for not being in touch since, you know... I've just, I've just been so dead, but, you know, uh, you, mu- you must love our son, and he needs you now more than ever, and he wa- and she warns him that it's like, oh, also, uh, uh, beware of the headmaster, as, like, her face, like, starts to change in the water, and it gets mm-hmm. super scary, and Zillander screams and, run- and happens to run into the headmaster that's giving the, uh, by the way, I just want to point out, this guy looks like a cross between, like, a founding father and like Jack Sparrow by the way mm-hmm. he lo- it, it's really weird to look at cause like he has like the white powdered wig on mm-hmm. but then also like face tats kind of mm-hmm. yeah face tats right I have no idea I didn't make that up did he I he just looks like a pirate bro so the headmaster takes Zoolander to uh, properly meet his son and he tells him he's like oh you know Derek Jr. is extremely gifted and next in the next scene we see Hansel like get a mysterious phone call asking him if he wants to find the spirits in the material world and if so you need to talk to the ghost in the machine and so Hansel's like who is this this have the same vibe as that one lady in the American Horror Story where she gets a phone call she's like who is this do you know what I'm talking about no oh my god is it what's her name what what other girl from American Horror Story? Hold on, I'm trying know? to think. I'm so annoyed, I can't find it. But she's like on the phone, and she's like, "Who is this?" Oh my god! <laughs> it's fucking hilarious, bro. Anyway, so the mysterious caller like tells him that, you know, we have we have a message in a bottle for you, so don't go to the police. And Hansel's like, "Is this just a, all just a prank call?" And then like hangs up. And next we see Zoolander meet his son, Derek Jr. And Derek Jr. is just, like, not impressed. And Zoolander tells me, he's like, oh, you know, I know you have a lot of unresolved feelings, but I'm still your father. And Derek and Derek Jr. is like, but you weren't even there for me. And Derek, and just regular Zoolander defends himself by saying, like, oh, you know, it's out of my control uh, not being in your life, but uh, I was there when you were little. And Derek Jr. is like, most kids play catch with their fathers. They don't go with them to a thong shoot. And, Zool- and older Zoolander is like, There's, hey, there are a lot, a lot of starving children in Africa who would die to go to a thong shoot. Did your parents ever use that? Oh, yeah, well, there's kids starving in Africa. All the, time. You. All, all the time? Mine too. It's kind of racist when you're feeling that I guess. <laughs> but but kids starving in Europe doesn't really have the same ring to it, to be honest. I mean, Dad, there are children starving here. <laughs> anyway, so... Zoolander is like, let me make it up to you. And uh, he's like, we can do the ball catching now. And then the headmaster comes in. And he's like, oh, you know, how's it going? And Zoolander is like, I want to take Derek Jr. out for a few hours. And headmaster is like, alright, that's cool, just bring him back before sundown. And uh, Zoolander tells Derek Jr. that, you know, your headmaster seems like a nice guy, and his son's like, you seem like an idiot. <laughs> and so Zoolander's like, alright, but you know what I think would help right now? 
frozen chocolate gelato. And so, uh, wake me up. But like, also call back to the first movie. Mm-hmm. Wake me up by uh, or fuck. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's I, literally right there. No, I literally like I looked at you and I looked back at the script. I lost where I was. I'm sorry. But anyway, wake me up by Wham starts playing as Zoolander. He like starts dancing like he did in the first movie, mm-hmm. kind of. And we cut to the two driving around the city with their gelato while dancing. While dancing, and his son just is completely unamused. Mm-hmm. And we see Zoolander take selfies with a selfie selfie stick uh, while he's driving, mind you. But they run into oncoming traffic, which makes them flip the car. And by the way, I just want to point out this car like rollover <laughs> scene was so unnecessary. <laughs> like it was like from an action movie. Like you see the mm-hmm. car rollover at fifty million. Very times. practical. Like it's get like the camera's you see every like, angle. You see like the dummies in the front seat mm-hmm. just like hit the ground like fifty <laughs> times, and. Uh, we see the mannequins like they're about to fly out of the car, mm-hmm. but then the two survive. And Zoolander still there, Junior. He's like, oh, hashtag oops. That's that's Emma, bro. <laughs> that's Emma. Oh, that's how she'd be driving. Anyway, and so next we see Zoolander explain to Derek Junior. He's like, oh, you know, it takes a very traumatic experience to make one appreciate a good makeover. And after losing his son for a bit, he finds him like reading and tells him like, no books. And he's like, think of your mother. You know, because she got crushed by a book. Mm-hmm. And Derek Jr. asked what the big deal is. His mom read all the time. And Zinder was like, well, a one-ton book killed her. And so Derek Jr. is like, no, a book didn't kill mom. You did. And you nearly killed me, too. And so Derek Jr. tells him there's like, uh, that they both look dumb. Because they're both like matching outfits now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By the way, I forgot to mention that, but they're matching outfits. Mm-hmm. He's like, we both look dumb. And I don't want to be anything like like his dad you know mm-hmm. and he's like oh you're a has-been and you're the most narcissistic self-involved person I've ever met and so Zoolander de- uh, defends himself he's like hey that's not how I think of myself and Derek Jr.'s like I'm out of here and so Zoolander is like he's crushed his son doesn't want to spend time with him anymore and he watches his, his son hauls a cab and like hails a cab sorry in like perfect Italian and he's like oh that's really impressive and so Zoolander asks how he speaks so well and Junior's like because I'm smart and so was mom, and the only stupid thing she ever did was fall in love with you, you know? Also, damn. Ouch. And so Zoolander tells him, it's like, I don't have the words to express what kind of burn that is, and further explains that I literally don't have the vocabulary to tell you. And uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, you're like a walking Tyrannosaurus, like Thesaurus, you know? Anyway, and so Junior tells his dad, he's like, I think it's nice that you want to reconnect the relationship, but we're just too different, and it's way too late. So, what do you think about this whole scene? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, bother. Um, honestly, I kind of understand the whole, like, generation, like, your parent not getting you kind of way. Yeah. But also, I think as parents ourselves, I think it's like, we want to connect with our child no matter how much we mess up. Mm-hmm. You know? So I can see both sides. What do you think? No, yeah, definitely. Just uh, no, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's very much like a... I think it really establishes like like Derek Zoolander's like foil, you mm-hmm. know, like like eventually he's going to like reconnect with his son in the movie, but it just, just establishes that they're not like on good terms. Yeah. As much as Derek Zoolander believes the opposite, they're mm-hmm. not on good terms. So next we see Hansel alone in his hotel room as he looks back on his orgy with sadness because he misses them. As he hears someone call his name, it's just a random girl asking if he needs a rebound. He tells her no, that he's really committed to his orgy, as another leather-faced girl comes in and tells him that even though he's committed to another group, it doesn't mean they can't enjoy each other's bodies. And when Christian and I first watched this together, he said it was Ariana Grande, and I thought it was someone who just looked like her, 
But no, it really is it her. It was Ariana Grande. Yeah. <laughs> you, you called me stupid. Like, that's not Ariana Grande, you idiot. And then the one. That is not what I said. It basically is. Oh my god. We then see a rabbi, an old woman with a chicken, a lady with a snake, and random twins as the rabbi tells him that meaningless sex always makes him feel better about himself. So a cover of Beyonce's Naughty Girl starts to play as the old lady with the chicken is like, come on. Christian, would you? No. <laughs> Liar. Well, only for you, baby. Mm-hmm. Hansel then caves in and starts having an orgy with all these random people as the door starts pounding, asking for him. And it turns out it's his old orgy and Kiefer asking to let them in and that they want to apologize. Hansel's starting to freak out because of bad timing as Susan Sarandon begs him to come back to bed as she says her title song and Rocky Horror Picture Show. We see Kiefer knock the door down just as Hansel uh, hides everyone in the closet, but of course it doesn't keep and everyone falls out of the closet, revealing that Hansel has cheated. Not only do more people come out of the closet, but so does the hippo as Susan Sarandon is like, okay, I'm gonna go to the bar. One of the members from Hansel's original orgy stops Ariana Grande to tell her that she's a basic bitch, and she just puts a ball gag over her mouth and walks out. Really? Hansel asks to explain to Kiefer what just happened, and Kiefer's like, how can you expect to love 11 people when it's clear that you don't even love yourself? Kiefer, through sad eyes and a cracked voice, tells Hansel that he hopes they were worth it, and walks away. And then all Hansel can do is call after him. He's like, Kiefer! Keeper. As Willie Nelson asked what happened to everybody because he wasn't done with that hippo yet. <laughs> oh. Ooh. Hansel in frustration runs out to the balcony screaming, Who am I? We then see across from another building that Zoolander is asking himself the same thing from a rooftop. And Hansel's like, Derek? And he's like, Oh, hey, are you trying to figure out who you are also? And Hansel's like, Yep, just as Katy Perry is singing from the rooftop asking herself the same question. Zoolander's like, oh, hey, Katie. And he tells her that he understands her feelings because it's like, when will they find out who they really are? We then see Neil deGrasse Tyson on his own rooftop asking himself the same question. And Zoolander's like, oh my God, Neil, even you don't know who you are? And Neil explains that in an ever-expanding universe, slowly pulling itself apart into nothingness, what does the question, who am I, even have? Hansel yells from his back of me to tell Neil that he's blowing his mind right now. And Neil's like, that's just what I do. I'm Neil deGrasse Tyson, bitch. We then see Valentina on her own rooftop trying to get Zoolander and Hansel's attention as they have come and asking for them to come with her because she has some really good news. So the next scene, uh, everybody's back at Valentina's headquarters as she tells them that she did a full diagnostic on Zoolander's aqua vitae look and found that the direct translation is water of life. It's best known as the phrase, the fountain of youth. Valentina asks if the fountain does really exist, and if Atos is able to sell it, she will make billions. And as she shows us a commercial, Atos selling her product. Atos is like, do you ever get a feeling when you see a beautiful teenage girl with perfect skin, and you want to kill her and take her skin and put it on your skin? And I thought to myself, Mm -hmm. I am familiar with this feeling, yes. (laughs) I'm familiar with this. (laughs) So, she's like, well, we have bottled that feeling. House of Atos, youth milk. Hansel then gets another phone call, and he thinks it's his orgy, but it's the mysterious caller again, telling him that he's in serious danger, and tells him, don't stand so close to me. 
Hansel tells the group it's the prank caller again, and Valentina tells him to put it on speaker. Hansel does and asks who this is, and they tell him that he's the king of pain. And Hansel's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And the caller's like, okay, just meet me at St. Peter's uh, Basilica at midnight as the caller hangs up. Zoolander's like, wow, this guy really sent a sting. You know, we need to give Derek more credit because sometimes he does say smart things. Mm-hmm. Hansel's like, I wanted my whole life after Sting. And Valentina, <laughs> Valentina, Valentina started to make connections and tells him that Beaver was killed in front of Sting's villa. So next we see the group go to the church at the mysterious caller's instructions. So real quick, I just want to point out that like, we are now like past the halfway point in this movie and we are only now finally introducing like those spy people to the main characters. Like, what do you mean? Like with the protecting the chosen one? Yeah, because like the people that like Justin Bieber was like talking was with. Well, you know? we had to get back into like. Uh, but, but we finally just like they finally are interacting. We're past the halfway point in the movie. I guess. So they go to confessional as Valentina tells the priest that one of her sins has to do with the death of Justin Bieber, as she shows her fashion police badge. Whoa. The priest then reveals himself to be Sting, and Hansel's like, "No way." Sting says hello to everyone, especially Hansel, and Valentina's like, oh, you guys know each other? And Sting's like, sadly, no. This is our first interaction. And Hansel's like, yeah, it feels like I've known you my entire life. Sting then asks the group if they've ever heard of the Fountain of Youth. Sting tells them that it dates back 6,000 years ago, and its original location is thought to have been in the Garden of Eden. So we then get into like this dream-like sequence as Sting describes like the Garden of Eden and the Fountain of Youth. There was Adam and Eve and their pal Steve, and everyone's like, Steve? And Sting describes Steve as the original supermodel and the first of pure bloods. That means. And it was said that he was so beautiful, that his looks were so powerful, that even pools of water he gazed upon would not reflect his beauty back to him. And that look was called El Nino. El Nino. <laughs> Valentina is like, that's great, but I've never heard of Steve. And Sting points out that countless lives throughout history have been lost to make sure no one ever does, and that evil forces have hunted Steve's offspring for centuries. The legend states that if you wrench the still-beating heart from the gorgeous body of a true descendant of Steve and drink its blood, you will obtain eternal youth. Eternal. What? Uh, uh, so what do you think of this take on the Fountain of Youth? So, I think it's interesting. It's very new. I've never even... So, but it's also, like, okay, we're leaving Fountain of Youth territory, we're getting back and just, like, oh, drink the blood of virgins, like, territory, you know? I guess. Like, uh, those are... I think that's really Those are, like, the two though. common things, like, when it comes, like, living forever. It's like, oh, the Fountain of Youth, or drink blood of a virgin, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it, it's just the same thing to me. Sting points out that the Fountain of Youth is not just anyone, but a direct descendant of Steve the chosen one and they were like who's steve valentina asks how sting knows all this and he explains that like him many rock stars like him are his protectors and that there are only a few genes that separate the greatest rock stars in history from male models zoolander asks so what genes are those sting explains it's the ones for talent and intelligence that they were entrusted to protect the chosen one Valentina asks who the chosen one is, and Sting believes that it's Derek Jr., and that he is in grave danger. Zoolander tells everyone that Derek Jr. is back at the school, and they have to go get him. But before they go, Sting asks Hansel if he has any questions for him at all. 
With some pander, pandering, with some pondering, Hansel asks if Sting really had sex for ten hours. And Sting tells him no comment, but whispers, 50. 15. Oh. Oh. Would you? My vagina would hurt. Good answer. So they leave Sting behind to go back to the orphanage, only to find that Derek Jr. is gone. What? And so Zoolander finds like the wig that the headmaster is wearing, but it's like abandoned on the floor, obviously. That's how we found it. And Zoolander concludes he's like, he wasn't a good guy at all. And then we see Zoolander like tear into the wig as he screams, No! No! I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my boy! Yeah, you gotta do it right. You gotta do it right. Is that, how does it go? <laughs> oh my god. I've abandoned my child! I've abandoned my boy! Damn, you're really like that. Our neighbors are like. You gotta do it now. I'm not doing it. Pussy. Pussy. Do it. Pussy. Do it. I'm a pussy. You're not gonna do it. Yeah. I've abandoned my job. I already did do it. It's not I've abandoned my boy. I'm a pussy. Anyway, so um, Valentina tells Zoolander to relax. And this, like, sets off Frankie. Like, it sets off, like, Frankie goes to Hollywood's relax, you know, uh, playing subtly in the background. And honestly, what a song. It goes hard, bro. And so... Uh, we then cut to the group speeding through Rome as Valentina calls her assistant, asking him to pull up any information they have on the man who was arrested back in 2001 for brainwashing Zoolander. For facial scans to be cross-referenced with security footage of the headmaster of the orphanage. I know that sounds like a lot and like word vomit. I promise you it was when we watched it. <laughs> Basically, they're like, oh, see if this person looks like this person. And so you're like, oh, we got a positive ID. And the headmaster, like, didn't even have any, like, names or papers. And Zoolander is like, it's the evil breakdancing DJ. And he was arrested with Mugatu, if you, again, from the first movie. And so Valentina asks, like, oh, where are they now? And, uh, <laughs> like, oh, well, Katinka Ingeborgo Vinavananana is nowhere to be found. <laughs> I literally, I knew, I knew that was coming. So before we <laughs> did this, I practiced that name. I literally practiced I have it. to look at it. Katinka Inga Borga Vena Nana 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 Inga Borga Vena Nana Katinka Inga Borga Nana Nana Katinka Inga Borgov Nana Nana Begorvana Nana Nana Katinka Inga Borga Wait, hold on Katinka Inga Borgov Nana Nana Katinka Inga Borga Nana 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 Anyway, got it, got it, got it it's already been found. And they couldn't get me the Jorvovich. Anyway, and they're like, they, they couldn't get me the Jorvovich on this project. And so the evil DJ was able to forge papers and get through the border like three weeks ago. And Valentina pieces together that he may have driven to Rome ju uh, just to kidnap Jer Derek Jr. And this could all mean that the person that's behind this is. And they all look to Zoolander and he's like, well, who could it be? And everyone's like, isn't it obvious? And Zoolander's like, obviously not to me. And so we then see the group take a boat to the uh, European Union fashion prison for the uh, criminally insane and totally out there. I love the design of this building. It's so fucking cute. <laughs> it looks, yeah, it looks like a thumble and a needle. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and so Valentina tells him that Mugatu's in there, and for ten years he's been the only one name on the list of visitors. Like, Zoolander is the only one on the mm -hmm. list of visitors he'll allow. Zoolander tells her thank you for helping him, and she confesses to him that when she was a kid, that her room was covered in posters of Derek Zoolander, Sorry. the most amazing model alive. Zoolander tells her, except he's not anymore, and that his son called him a has-been. And she tells him that she also is a has-been, 
and Zoolander is like, what kind of has-been are you? And she tells him that she was once a swimsuit model. Both Hansel and Zoolander show remorse by saying, my heart goes out to you, and I'm sorry. I'm like, what does that mean? (laughs) She confesses that she was never able to transition from print to runway to their world of high fashion because of her large breast, which she calls intrusive, oversized, and natural. Natural. She had to put that in there. Whoa. And they stopped her from being able to fit into a sample size. Zoolander says that's gross as Hansel pulls him away to tell him to take a shot now. And Zoolander feels that he's betraying Matilda and if he goes after another woman, Hansel tells him that she's been dead for years and that they need to move on. And to be honest, all that's left of Matilda is just a couple of teeth. Zoolander tells him that he's just not ready as the group pulls up to the prison. Valentina tells him that the world's most notorious fashion criminals are in there and tells Derek to be careful and that Mugatu will try to get inside his head. Zoolander tells her, don't worry, it's close for business, as he walks inside alone. Real. So, as we watch Zoolander go down the hall, we see other inmates, which include MC Hammer for the Hammer Pants, and Skip Tyler for members-only jackets. So we finally see Magatu, played by Will Ferrell, as he is, like, in a straight jacket with a chain. Magatu seems very thrilled to finally have an audience with Zoolander, as they sit across from one another. Zoolander asks him what he's done with his son, but all Mugatu can say is how he learned to use his feet because his hands are bound, as we see him make tea for Zoolander and himself. It's pretty impressive, I won't lie. Mugatu tells him that his son is doing wonderfully from what the school tells his offshore accountant, that Derek Jr. is really smart. And here we learn that Mugatu has been exclusively paying for Derek Jr.'s tuition and all, all that stuff, but as well as overfeeding him eight meals a day. We then, literally, we then see Mugatu make a face and he apologizes and explains that he has a nasty itch and that he would ask Zoolander to scratch it for him, but he may think it's a trap. And Zoolander's like, or you're just making me think I shouldn't help you, in which case I should do the opposite of that and help you. Mugatu challenges this and tells him not to help him, and Zoolander, starting to get confused, is like, you're just trying to swish it around me, but I won't take the bait. And the only thing I can think about when I see Will Ferrell is, get in the box, you Jezebel. Whoa. <laughs> what, I can't say that anymore? What you mean by that? That's a Barbie reference if you didn't get that. <laughs> Love Barbie. <laughs> so later then concludes that he's going to go with his first instinct and help Mugatu anyway. So Zoolander goes to scratch Mugatu for him, but Mugatu ends up biting him and using the chain he is attached to to trap Zoolander. So they're both, like, trapped on these chains, and Mugatu tells him that the only way out is to unzip Mugatu and free him. And Zoolander is like, fine, but after that you let me go, and Mugatu lies and says yes. So while trapped, Zoolander is like, oh, you got me, your move. And Mugatu is like, wow, you really are super, super white hot, blazingly stupid. Uh Uh-huh. Mugatu then goes into a monologue on how for 10 years he's been plotting his escape, and for 10 years he has spent creating some of the most realistic lifelike masks ever made, one for Zoolander and one for him. And these masks look terrible, by the way. Like, they're really fucking scary looking. Yeah, and he gasses them up. He's like, I've been working on these for years. Mm -hmm. Zoolander says this will never work, and Mugatu's like, all the guards were once male models, and this will get past them, no problem. Real. So Mugatu, disguised as Zoolander, calls for his guards to let him out. Mugatu is able to successfully escape. So as Mugatu leaves, he takes his mask off, then his prison gear off, revealing a whole bunch of tattoos. And I think the stitch bitch in front of his, like, that region is very funny. Very funny. (laughs) 
What did you think of his tattoos, man? I thought they were a little excessive, but they I thought they were funny enough. as fuck. Who, who tattooed this guy? I thought it was funny as fuck because all the tattoos are like in like the prison style, but it has to do with like fashion and like constructing and shit. Mm-hmm. It's so fucking funny. So after that, he removes like I guess this muscle costume to reveal his real clothes, and he takes off his uh, like bald cap. And you see that Mugatu is back in all his full evil glory. Dun, dun, dun. Outside, there is a helicopter waiting for him, as well as his old assistant, who is more than happy to see him as Mugatu demands his latte, but then spills it all over his assistant, just like old times. Real. But then, it gets a little weird between those two. It gets a little weird. No, for real. And then he hands him his stuffed dog. Who is not stuffed in the first movie, so... Womp womp. <laughs> Both Did they kill that dog? <laughs> Both Valentina and Hansel see this, and Hansel decides to go after the helicopter, and he tells Valentina to save Zoolander and tell his orgy that he loves them. Whoa. So next we see Mugatu's helicopter land at House of Eta's headquarters, as well as Hansel, who hid on top of the helicopter blades. Mugatu, upon seeing Atods, runs to her as she's equally excited to see him, as we discover that they are a couple, apparently, as they passionately kiss and scream into each other's mouths, and some looking actions going on as well. Atari then rides on his little bike and is like, oh, sorry to interrupt, and Atods is like, oh my god, don't you nook? Atari is like super excited that Mugatu is here and he calls him corny but he loves <laughs> loves him and Mugatu's like who are you? Atari's like I'm the king of fashion dude Real. and Mugatu's like so you know who I am right? and I have no idea why he asked him this since he did like say like oh my god it's you it is you yeah and Atari's like yeah you and Spongebob are like my biggest influences like ever Go Spongebob. I'm going to say that to everybody I meet. Oh, yeah. You and Spongebob are like a big... No, for real, bro. I'm going to say that to a celebrity that I meet, bro. Mugatu asks Atari if he had anything to do with his elaborate escape or the kidnapping and fattening up of Derek Jr. (laughs) Real... Or the realistic sacrifice for the Fountain of Youth. Atari's like, nah. And Mugatu's like, so I'll ask you again. Do you know who I am? Atari's like, uh... You're... Jacoby Magatu and Magatu just screams like him like that's right fashion genius and you are no one and Magatu calls for his assistant and he springs into action to be Magatu's like handstand support as Magatu wraps his leg around Atari's necks and tells him that he will take his name into death and breaks his neck mm-hmm. so what do you think about that death very much uh, out of nowhere no for real I was like whoa I like the part where Atari's like uh, by the way, I'm a very nice guy, and I never met anything about things I said. <laughs> Magachi's like, yeah, I just killed a hipster, and prison changed me deeply, and affected me psychologically, and then I'm psycho now. And then he asks for Derek Jr. Derek Jr. Hansel, seeing all of this, calls Valentina, who has freed Zoolander, and Hansel lets them know that Atari is now dead, and that they plan on killing Derek Jr. tonight. We then cut to Magatu entering to a room where they're keeping Derek Jr. It's very overly stimulating to look at. Like, it's like a gigantic, like, pink-ass room with, like, different things in there. And Derek Jr. asks what's going on, and Magatu explains that he's just a clown who wants to massively increase his calorie intake and shows him the all-you-can-eat pasta bar. And it honestly, it reminds me of McDonald's, like, play area or, like, Chuck E. Cheese's. Bro, honestly. But it's just, like, a giant bowl of spaghetti that dispenses pasta into a bowl. 
and Magato describes it as a hot and spicy puttanesca, which means whore pasta, as in a whore who made this pasta. <laughs> like, specifically? Specifically. <laughs> Magato then shows Junior the lard bar, which is just a giant pig that dispenses lard through its nose as it squeals. And Junior looks just, you know, justifiably disgusted, uh, but I would eat the whore pasta, I won't lie. Whoa. Hansel, who is hidden behind the corner, still on the phone with Zoolander and Valentina, as they ask what's happening now. Hansel tells them that Junior is okay and that Magatu hooked him up with some snacks and stuff. And Zoolander's like, no. And Hansel's like, yeah, I think they're fattening up on purpose to sacrifice him. Whoa. Junior is not dumb. What would you do if you realized you found out you were being fattened up for sacrifice? I bet. Junior is not dumb and calls Magatu out on his bullshit and tells him that he's supposed to be in jail. Magatu tells him to listen, Biggie Smalls. I listen, went to, Biggie Smalls. <laughs> I went to prison, so you better scarf down that last ball of whore pasta because we roll in two. Love that. After Magatu leaves, Hanzo makes his move to save Junior. Back with Valentina and Zoolander, uh, he suggests that they call for the police boat to get them off the island.